Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 154 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Oh, oh, oh no. Sorry, I, I just had a mouth for Pepsi Max. Uh, uh, Pepsi Max, because Ian has given up drinking for six oh. months, isn't that right, Ian? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I tell you what as well, it's it's lovely how no one's um, donated to uh, to that particular fund. Are they not? No. No, 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 you don't. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'm doing, just to give some context, I'm doing the Cardiff Half Marathon in October. So I'm raising money for Kidney Wales, which is a really, really good charity, which um, a friend of mine has had personal experience with them. And they're the kind of, I don't know, they're the kind of charity that don't, get a lot of big name associations. So I, I figured I'd do that for them. And then I decided to quit drinking for six months and we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. But, um, and that one I'm doing on behalf of cancer research and the kidney Wales one, it's going well, the cancer research one, nada. <laughs> but I, I like, even though I'm going to call out Brad on this, he said he was going to donate. So he was he- like, you'll never do it. You'll never do it. He hasn't done it yet. Oh, Brad, 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 Brad. I'm, I'm going abroad twice in the next six months. <laughs> twice? I knew you were going to wear once. And I did think, ooh, that, that, that's going to take some dedication, that is. Yeah, and it's my birthday within the next six months as well. Oh, of course it is, yeah. So, like, I got some prime Ian drinking slots, which I'm not going to be drinking in. Um, so I have a Just Giving page. Um, I've tweeted about it. I've Facebooked about it. So go there. Help me out. I'm not so bothered about the half marathon one at the moment. Like it's, I want to, I want to have a reason to not drink. <laughs> and if it's because people are donated, like sponsoring me, that would be good. That would be really good. It'd give you more of a, more, more of an impetus to not, to not fold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that is that's that's pretty cool, that man. Uh, I I must admit that that's that's a pretty it's a pretty bold gesture, especially if you're going to wear two times during that amount of time. Uh, so well, mon- Monster Energy Drink has become my methadone. Sorry, that's the last thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, do you know what? Um, I, I I've never drank an energy drink in my life. Really? I with the exception with the exception of like Lucas Air Sport. Uh, I've never drank like an energy drink like a Monster or Red Bull or anything like that ever. Um, the thing is, sugar-free monsters and Rockstar are actually pretty nice. But I don't feel like I'm missing out on something. Sugar-free Red Bull is fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's, re- it's weird because Red Bull's like the long-established energy drink. But their sugar-free variant is horrible. Mon- Monster do one called... They actually do two. It's weird. They do Zero and Ultra... And Ultra is really, really nice. And the Rockstar one, I can't remember what that's called, but that's really nice as well. They do make me bounce off the walls slightly. Yeah, I, I have a moral a moral disagreement with energy drinks. Really? How so? Um, they're, they're, they're utter bullshit <laughs> in terms of that. They're just, they're just chemicals and sugar designed to make you go Rah! like that. If you want to actually have actual energy, have a fucking glass of orange juice and a banana. It'll give you exactly the same amount of energy, yet it won't rot your insides at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there is that. 
it actually monster do one called rehab as well which is it's still lemonade and tea with some like some stuff in and that's actually very tasty i remember years ago a um i used to play six side football uh, oh, I, I, sorry. Uh, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Go, go, go. I, I played six-side football years ago. Uh, one of the guys uh, we played with was uh, actually worked for um, Newcastle United as one of their fitness coaches, uh, like fitness and dietitian um, people. And we were all sort of like getting warmed up and doing the usual kick-around stuff. Um, and one of the guys that we were playing with, uh, a guy called Nathan, um, he pulled out a Red Bull out of his bag. Um, about five minutes before we're about to start, and started to net this Red Bull. And Dan, the, the guy who used to work for Newcastle, um, said, um, what are you doing? And he went, I'm getting my energy levels up, I'm getting pumped up, um, you know, I'm getting ready for, for the game. And he went, and Dan just looked and went, are you fucking retarded? Mm. And Nathan was like, what? He went, you're drinking, you're drinking a Red Bull before you're about to play football. Like, yeah, I always do it. He's like, that explains a lot. He's like, what do you mean? He said, well, you're great for the first five minutes and then shit for the rest of the game. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and he went, I'm not. And everyone went, you kind of are a little bit, actually. <laughs> I mean, fuck me. At the very least, that would give you a stitch. Yeah. It, like, at the very least. It is. And uh, the thing is, that stuck with me. And I remember watching, um, it was really weird because about sort of... Um, about sort of maybe six weeks, a couple of months later, I remember Liverpool playing West Ham. And, you know, they have like the at the, the start of the game on Sky before it, they, they, they're in the tunnel, essentially. Right. And they, they lead the players out. And Steven Gerrard was stood next to Nigel Rio Coca. And Steven Gerrard had, a bottle, had just had grabbed a little bottle of Lucasade uh, and was just on a swig of the Lucasade. Could be Lucasade sport, could be water. And he passed it to somebody else. And he turned around and looked, and Nigel Rio Coca drank. Two cans of Red Bull in front of <laughs> the, the, the whole thing was what is it? And nobody mentioned it. And Stephen Jarrett was quite literally, if you imagine, looking at Nigel Rio Coca with this puzzled look at him as he's going like that. And then Nigel Rio Coca finished the glass can of Red Bull, squeezed, crushed the can, threw it to a side, and then slapped himself on the face and started kind of like pumping his shoulders up. And Stephen Jarrett was just looking at him. And he took the original Coke, Nashville Coca turned around, looked at Steven Gerrard, and just sort of like shrugged his shoulders. And Gerrard just went, quite, quite obviously, um, just went, you're an idiot. And then turned around, just kind of looking forward. And in the game, Liverpool won 3 1, I think. And Gerrard had a good game. I think Peter Crouch got two goals. And real Coke was fucking awful mm. for the entire game. And it just it made me think of what uh, Dan had said to Nathan. And it was just a really weird thing. And I, I don't know, it's a weird thing I've got about energy drinks where I, 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 I don't get them. They baffle me. I don't understand it. The, the thing it's, is... <laughs> we're talking about energy drinks in a film podcast. Well, no, I mean, like, just the, the last thing. I mean, like, yesterday I, um, I went for a run and did, what was it, 30-minute run, three-minute walk, then another 15-minute run. Um, because I'm kind of building up. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I did that, and I had a can of Monster afterwards. Uh, I had, like, the, the tea one, because it's actually genuinely a nice drink. Um, and I had a coffee and a couple of, like, glasses of Pepsi Max later in the evening. I was I was still fucking asleep by about 10 to 11. 
That's that's pretty good going. My my running drink of choice is either Lucas Aid Sport or um, water with a wedge of lemon in it. That's yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't take drinks when I'm running. I, I fucking I did the Cardiff 10k a couple years back, and I took a bottle of water from like the tables where they have like the bottles out and stuff about halfway through it, and then I got a stitch, and that. That combined with having to stop to do my shoelaces up twice meant that I was aiming for under an hour and I did it an hour and 29 seconds and I was fucking fuming. Do you know why water gives you a stitch? Go on. When you're, when you're running uh, and why the, why you shouldn't really drink water. Uh, you should always have some other flavour in it. The reason being is because your body is so used to having water in it um, mm. itself. If you drink it whilst running or anything like that whilst you're trying to get um, fluids and hydration into your body, your body just got sort of goes, oh, well, that's just, that, that, that's normal. It that's that then, yeah. It's that. So, you know, when like Lucas Sport, for instance, claims that it hydrates you three times faster than water, mm. Pepsi Max would hydrate you three times faster than water because it's not water and your body goes, ooh, there, I'll have that. And it takes that and that's what it is. So that's that's why you should do white. You should have some element of different flavour in it so your body knows, ooh, that's different to what I've just got already sat in me. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's that's a little bit of that. But yeah, I'm off for a run straight after we've recorded the podcast. Because Becky's not into running. So. Yeah, you're going, I was going to say you're going with Becky, are you? Yeah, so, so I, I, I go for moral support. So we'll do about three and a bit miles, I would say, tonight. Right, anyway, yes, so, Ian, uh, we are covering uh, Victoria. We were going to cover Eddie the Eagle, um, but then Victoria came on, on um, Kerr's on, on demand, and we thought, uh, Ian said, well, would you like to do it? And I said, well, actually, I still want to see uh, Eddie the Eagle, but the, the, the actual, the film schedules for where it, when it was, what time it was on were kind of a twat, really, for me. Um, so we, we plumped for, for Victoria, which was a, is an interesting choice to go for, I think. Uh, so we'll get to that very shortly. We'll also do some what I've been watching, and I think we've got a couple of questions. Uh, but first of all, Ian, is there anything we should talk about that's happened in the wonderful world of film, or should we dive into the handful of trailers that might be there? Yeah, no, um, not much, I don't think. Um, I don't know, I mean, Batman vs Superman's second weekend is somewhat interesting. I mean, it, it dipped a, a lot. Um, in the in the US, and it looks like it's going to actually make less in the US than Deadpool has in the US. Mm. But internationally, it, I think it's at about six hundred and eighty odds, which is but, which is great, phenomenal for 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 an opening weekend essentially. But it's it's opened like everywhere now, and that includes like projected figures for this weekend. Yeah, so it it, it it's. It's going to do very, very good money, but it, it, it essentially, its marketing has essentially got people there. Does it? Does it get to a billion though? That's the. I think that's a genuine question now because yes, it has been huge, but it's got next weekend and then the Jungle Books out. The thing is, the drop off wasn't was, was was significant, but it wasn't catastrophic, is what I'd say. It was um, it was slightly in the US. It was slightly less than X Men Origins Wolverine, which is like the shit standard for superhero films. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't. It was like it was with expectations, not worse. But then the expectations were still pretty bad. It's I don't know. It's interesting. So you've had this whole fans versus critics like thing going on over the last week or so and like people saying our critics don't matter because the opening weekend and then critics very rightly pointing out look we're not 
we're not here to just fucking slate a film and we're not here to actually just make studios lose money, but... Some are. So, yeah, now, that, I think that's a good counterpoint. I think, yeah, some totally are just so they can continue getting coverage out of Batman versus Superman. The fact is, it is more people will read a, a, a snide review than will read a, a good review. It, it, it gets more hits to websites, so some news outlets will, will prefer that. It, it's it, It's... Yeah, the whole kind of coverage thing on it, it has been has been really strange. It goes back to the whole we're missing the the, the grey areas of uh, of how we look at films in the sense of with Batman versus Superman, it was either look you think it's shit or you're an idiot, and it's like well hang on a minute, can't I can't I think that it's shit but I've enjoyed it a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It's the everything's either the oh my god you guys it's the best thing ever or oh my god you guys the use of the phrase you guys Mm. is one of the things i think i most hate about social media um anyway but that that, that's i fucking hate that phrase one of my annoyances with the whole thing has been the i wish people had the reverence um and the, the will to shout as loud about a movie if they've just watched it and really liked it as they seem to have about watching a movie and not liking it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You don't get, um, like, a solid week and a half of people screaming about how much they liked... Well, actually, I was about to say Deadpool, but it was like, well, no, you did. You did, but you also did get people... Um, sort of already kind of wanting to jump on you and kind of temper it and kind of go, all right, calm down, though. It's like, hang on a minute, fuck off. We want to enjoy it. Let's, uh, isn't it nice to enjoy something every now and again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Fair. The thing is, it, it, it can go the, the other way as well. I mean, with Batman versus Superman, you've got the people who are try, actually claim, like, genuinely claiming that Marvel have paid off Right, like critics to give bad reviews, and would be, <laughs> which is just true. <laughs> I, I mean, that's psychotic. Like, just accept. Do you know what? Though it, it it it's so ridiculous that it, that it, you wouldn't put it past some studios. Yeah, no, I mean some studios, yeah, but the whole DC Marvel thing. I mean, like, I, I think with some people that has come into play. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's it's the whole pick a side thing. It's I mean, pathetic, really. I mean, I mean, it sounds awfully fucking, I don't know, like United Colours of Benetton, but can't we all just be on the side of good films? Which is which is true, but it, it, it is. I, 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 I have no side in it at all, but I do think that the DC Universe already has people jumping on it going... Ah, yeah, but you're not doing that as well as Marvel. Hang on, Marvel have made some shit movies. They have. You know, let's be honest, the second Thor movie was pretty crap. And it's about time people started going, yeah, do you know what, Avengers 2 was shit. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, the thing is... Let's be honest, Avengers 2 is pretty crappy and kind of got away with a lot because of all the goodwill that was already there from people, which is fair enough. 
It was that. It, yeah, I mean, it was what that, is- and the fact that no one dares criticise Joss Whedon. And if anyone just criticised Joss Whedon, he'll just go, "Well, you know, I'm already doing it anyway. I'm already, I'm already taking the piss out of myself, so you can't." Yeah, he, it, he when Joss Whedon started bitching about that movie, you kind of went, "Ooh, this is a bit." He he think he thinks this is crap, so he's going to crap on it and start blaming everybody else already. Yeah, no, I mean that 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 yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I don't, I, I mean the, the thing is. I don't know. We haven't had enough examples of the, the DC universe. It is just, a, I mean, Jesus Christ, talking about Batman versus Superman again. But it, it's the, the it's the way that they are just trying to kickstart this thing that Marvel took a, a, a good while over, and DC. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I mean, to be fair, the bit where Wonder Woman just watches the free like teasers for future films is. Fucking brutal. It is, yeah. You know, and it is. But I, I, I do remember a lot of people have claimed during what's it during Marvel movies have gone. Do you know what it was great? Iron Man two. Could Iron Man two. All these setting up of future movies, and people seem to have kind of forgotten that because they've then gone on to enjoy the future movies, which is. It's kind of fine. It's nice that people have forgotten the bad bits of movies. The, the thing is, I think Marvel kind of learned by their mistakes to an extent. I mean, Iron Man 2 it had so much trying to set up the universe that after like people took against that film, they chilled out on that a lot. And to be fair, I think Age of Ultron is probably the first one after that that is guilty of doing that again. Age of Ultron was basically going, hey, hey, this guy, look at this guy, like this guy, like, like, like this guy. No, don't, don't, don't look at Iron Man. Look at this guy, look at this guy. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't want to look at that guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the whole of Age of Ultron again before Civil War, because I... Well, and I also need to watch uh, Winter Soldier again before uh, Age of Ultron, because everyone fucking raved about that, and I watched it and it finished, and I went, was that it? Oh. I, I like Winter Soldier. I, I do. I do think it's one of the more slightly overpraised Marvel films. And personally, I think I'd still give it like a four out of five. Um, but I really liked the first Captain America. I probably if you asked me which one I'd rather watch out of the two. And to be fair, it's pretty much because of the World War Two setting, just because it's different. I'd probably go for the first Captain America. Hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I, I mean, on the Marvel thing, and maybe getting away from Batman vs Superman. Did you see the pictures from uh, Doctor Strange? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it will look better in motion. I'm sure it will. But what that, I would... that costume it, looks it, like something he got out of a fancy dress shop at the moment. At the looks, moment, he looks. He looks like a Kinder Surprise brought to life. Even though, yeah, no, even though, to be fair. Jay on the Film Junk podcast, when the first pictures from 4 came out, I remember this even now, it was years ago, when the first pictures from 4 came out, and he said Anthony Hopkins looked like a future Santa, it, like, that, like, stuck in my mind until that film came out, and then you didn't think that in the film, and likewise, when, um, the, the, uh, Empire did a load of covers for Days of Future Past, and it was, like, the first reveal of Quicksilver, yeah. and he looked fucking brutal, but then in the film, he's like one of the best bits in the film. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, there is that. What I will say is 
it's when I saw that those and saw some of the comments from people on Twitter uh, on those where they were going, oh my God, I'm so looking forward to the movie. It looks amazing. I was looking going, come on. You're the same people who a week ago were bitching and fucking moaning about things looking shit in Batman versus Superman. And now you're telling us that looks fucking good. It done. No, I mean, I don't know whether they were actually kind of like officially sanctioned photos. Like, because I don't know. It kind of seems like there wasn't like any grading done on them or anything but i they did look like literally like set photos yeah yeah i mean i i, I think we're probably going to get a teaser trailer attached to civil wars so we probably don't Surprise. have too long to wait for a look at it i'm intrigued by doctor strange man i mean it, it's it, you know directed by scott derrickson interesting choice i mean uh, if you take away the day the earth stood still um i i i i i, I want to see what that film is all about mm. But yeah. that photo, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Ian, uh, what trailers have you watched this week? Because I think I've only watched a couple, but you might say something like, "Go, oh yeah, I didn't actually watch that though as well." Literally, just the one I, I think anyway, just the one I talked to you on Facebook about. Oh so right, yeah. Far away. Uh, I watched the Search Party uh, trailer, the TJ Miller, and uh, uh, what's his name from Silicon that Valley. fucker has already come out in the UK. Has it? Yeah. Oh, well, I might, I might have to track that motherfucker down and, and give it a watch because it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I swear that got a really small release in the UK, um, like, months ago. Did it? Um, Mad that, because there's been quite a sort of big sort of push on the, the trailers for it, and the red band, and the... What is it? That's weird that that's come out. Yeah, let me um, release. Here we go. Um, it was released in France on December 10th, 2014. Jesus. Fucking hell. I swear, I swear this film has already been out. Because <laughs> I think, I think Andrew it, on the year Is that the film that he was talking about? I th- I'm pretty sure. I thought it was. I thought it might have been. All right, I'll, I'm going to have to try that down and give it a watch. Just going to see if it's available. I am going to see if it's available as well. It is available. It is available. I it is, it is available, and I, I I may track it down and and watch it at some 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 point at my leisure. How is the trailer though? Funny. Looks looks funny. Looks looks a li- look looks mad and looks a little bit stupid and a little bit a little bit like they they they've mainlined at Pineapple Express and then gone let's make that and done that. But, right. but then on their on their way to making it, they've watched The Hangover and gone. Oh, I forgot what we're supposed to be making now. Ah, oh, fuck it. Let's just go. <laughs> Uh, and what's the one you wanted to chat, to chat about? So, the, yeah, The Lost City of Z or yes, Z. Z. Um, yeah, so this isn't really an official trailer. It's um, oh. it's a sales trailer. So I think it's oh. one where es- essentially, like, it, it, it's the kind of thing that might play at a, like at, in a film market. Yeah. Um, and to try and attract um foreign like foreign investment and. Things like that. So the film's already been made. It's just to sell it to other territories. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it looks really, really nice. Yes, I'm is. not sure about Charlie Hunnam in the lead role. Um, he's trying to play slightly posho again, um, which he was trying to do in um, in Crimson Peak as well. And, you know, to, to mixed results. But I think the idea of the film's really interesting. Like, um, always does does make interesting films sometimes they don't fly sometimes they don't work but he's always very interesting mm, is what mm. I, was 
Yeah, I need to. I need to kind of. I'm. I'm not complete on his filmography. Like, I don't think I've seen The Yards. I. I haven't seen Two Lovers. You. You could get through it in a week. You say. It's, it, yeah, he's done uh, Little Odessa, The Yards, Two Lovers, uh, Wheel on the Night, the and The Immigrant. Five movies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think We Own the Night is literally the only one of those I've seen. So. Uh, Little Odessa is an interesting movie, a really interesting movie. Uh, it doesn't, like I say, it, it doesn't all work, but it, it, it's a very, he's a very interesting storyteller. Um, I don't know how great a director is. He's got a nice eye um, in terms of for how he can visualise things. I'm not sure how well he puts things together, always kind of sings and tells the best story he might be one of those that's 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 a little bit of a better writer than he is uh, an actual director but you know and he was he was on the British Nellis podcast a couple of years ago and he was very interesting on that where essentially he was saying that he he very much is um you know it's a it's a job for him it, it, you know he he has to do it to, to pay the bills so it's quite kind of you know he has to make sure he gets it on point all the time because if he doesn't at some point it'll Go away, and, and when you have people saying that and stuff like that, you are, you always kind of think a little bit like, yeah, you do it to pay the bills, but are they your bills rather than a regular person's bills? It's a little bit like, fuck off. Um, so there's a little bit like that where you know it's like I work really hard. It's like yeah, I, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do work really really hard. But let's be honest. You're not working down the fucking pits, are you? So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. fucking, you know, there's a little bit of, all right, dickhead, try fucking working. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. I, I, but the worst thing was Brett is like, screen. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. It's like, oh, fuck off, Brett. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. That kind of feels like one where maybe where if he wasn't in the room, he'd be kind of like giving him a bit like a bit of shit for that in his opening monologue or something. Yeah. I, oh, fucking, those opening up monologues on the Brett Easton Ellis podcast are amazing. They are. They're right? great. I haven't listened to it since it went behind the paywall, but I would happily pay for it. But it's just the actual fucking... Has it gone behind the paywall? I thought it had gone behind the paywall. Oh, let me check this out. I, I, and I thought... When was the last time you listened to it? I, a, a while ago. Maybe the Tarantino one. See, I haven't listened to it in about a year and a bit because I thought it went behind a pier wall. Let's see. Oh, no, there's no way, no way. Like, because, like, the Tarantino one was in, um, uh, like, like uh, kind of like uh, uh, publicity for Hateful Eight. Oh, well, then I, then I, I just haven't listened to it because... I... Oh, no, actually, the last one, mind, was Tarantino, and that was, I think that was last year. Yeah, I think it's going to be, a, it might not, I, I might just be talking bollocks, and I might have just read that somewhere and gone, oh, fuck, I better stop downloading that, and then... What is it? But yeah, it's, it's an interesting podcast, certainly. Yeah, it, it looks like it could be a very, like you say, it looks beautiful, is the best way to describe it. Um, the Tarantino one is the shit. Sorry, I have to say, you will really enjoy that conversation. Uh, I'll, I might listen to that tomorrow while I'm signing out my office. <laughs> nice. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it looks really, it looks like it's going to be two and a half hours long. Yes, it does. Um, but yeah, I'm re- I'm very 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 interested. I think I don't know. Sienna Miller is interesting. Like she must have a hell of an agent because it never feels like she's become like a really big star. But she always she pops up in like really well respected people's stuff, I, I, and she's really good in high rise. I think she's one of those where she 
she was a, she was for a while like a movie star and was getting a lot of attention for it, and then decided that she she didn't like the attention, and I know um, she um, she took out like a court injunction in the UK to stop um, photographers being able to take photos of her because she said it, it, it was counter to harassment, and then a group of photographers took her back to court um, because she said that that. That uh, they claimed that she was essentially was taunting them and tormenting them about the fact they couldn't take photos uh, or they couldn't sell the photos that they were taking, and so they ended up taking a lot of photos and proving to the court, look, <laughs> look, she is tormenting us uh, with yeah. this shit, and took like videos to court. Uh, uh, apparently, I read in this this article which I was on a, um, I think it was on the Telegraph, maybe. Um, and essentially, a judge basically told her, right, I'm going to keep the injunction that means that they can't sell these photos of you, but you have to stop being such a dick. Yeah. Otherwise, I will lift it and they can sell all photos from when I uh, put the injunction in. So all these photos that you that, that of you being a bit of a dick, essentially, they can sell. Yeah. And so she kind yeah, yeah. of took herself away from the uh, the limelight a little bit and has come back and has been interesting since. Yeah, mm, mm. yeah, no, she has. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, good on her. And she looks like she'll be all right in this as well. Maybe a bit of a thankless role, which uh, I think you could probably extend to a role in American Sniper as well. But, I mean, Absolutely, yes. Everything in that fucking film was thankless. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm just looking. I'm in my study and I'm looking at the 32 inch TV that we've got in here. And I'm just thinking, how the fuck did I ever think that was a big enough TV to be my main TV? It looks like a fucking portable. Well, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a 32 inch. I think in. Uh, I'm looking at it now. It's in our bedroom. I've got a 32 inch in our bedroom, uh, and I've got 46. I think downstairs. Um, and I really like my 32 inch TV. It's got a... I mean, the, 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 oh, the bezels, man. The fucking bezels on this thing. But yeah, but I, I, I couldn't have it as my main TV. No way. Oh, man. I tell you, I just... I remember when I got it. It was my first HDTV. And I was fucking... I was... um, God, what was... How was I doing this? Ah, oh, yeah. I had a Blu-ray player plugged into... Both like the 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 AV like component um, AV stuff for like standard def and the HDMI, and I was trying to show Dom the power of Blu-ray, and I was going flicking between the standard def and high def like of shots of Wally, (laughs) and I was like, look at it, look at it, look at it. She was like, I don't see the difference, and I must have spent like twenty minutes. I mean, God bless her. I don't know why she's still with (laughs) me, but I must have spent twenty minutes. She was like, Ian, I don't give a shit. And, the, and the, do you know what the first thing was that she said? Yeah, I noticed the difference. What? Strictly come fucking dancing. Oh, yeah, because they fucking downgrade standard definition TV now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate. I mean, don't. Right. BT Sport HD, I swear, looks shitter than it did a couple of years. Like when um, it was like ESPN HD back in the day. I swear. Because they try to get people onto Ultra. The, the Ultra 4K. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yes. Bobbins. Right. Uh, shall we get on to Victoria? Before we say this, what I will say is the fucking Curzon on demand app is a piece of shit. 
What did you use it on? Uh, I used it on a Samsung Smart Player, and it is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I used it on my Samsung TV. It's not the best. It's fucking awful. It <laughs> it has used, but once once the fucking film's playing, it's fine until the fucker crashes. Oh, I didn't have that really. Oh, three times. Oh shit, really? Three times, and um, just try trying to actually actually start it is ridiculous. Like, Oh, God, fucking... Right? Curving On Demand is a brilliant idea. It is fantastic um, that I was able to... Oh, I'm sorry, are you recording? I am indeed. I just noticed my Skype recorder hasn't been on for the last half hour. I do apologise. Carry on. No problem, I shall. I could fire it across. Yeah, it sent me the file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, sorry. <laughs> it is... What I will say, Curzon, if anyone from Curzon is listening, before I... But it sounds like I'm just shitting on you. For a start off, I'm allowed to. I just paid £10 to watch a film. Second, yeah. which I could have just downloaded illegally, but I didn't. I watched it on your service, which is a brilliant idea, right? Yeah. A fantastic idea. Son of Salt's on there at the end of the month, man. I'm all over that. Me too. I'm all over it. Yeah, right. Brilliant idea. Love the fact that I can watch this in there, and I, I don't have to travel miles to see it. Right? Brilliant. But why limit yourself to so few available options for where I can watch it. Because I will guarantee you the amount of people that watch, for instance, an on-demand service of something like, ooh, what is the most popular on-demand service out there? Netflix. Sure. Right? I will guarantee you a massive proportion of people that watch Netflix will watch it on a PS4 or a PS3. I would mm. say above 50%, right? Why Why doesn't there occur an app for something like that? Or on Apple TV. Why is it limited to is it a BT Vision box? The, 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 the Vision boxes, so BT Vision, um, Virgin, and Samsung Smart TVs. Amazon Fire TV as well, but it's got to be Fire TV. It's got to yeah. be Fire TV, so that, that, that fucking stick thing that no one bought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seriously. Uh, it, 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 it's so frustrating to try and use it. But anyway. My- my main criticism of it was the quality. It looked, yeah, I, I thought it looked all right on mine. I thought it, it looked okay. I don't know whether maybe it's just because I, like, I'm on the 4K now, but it kind of looks like maybe 720p. I don't think it was standard def, but I don't think it was particularly high, high def. Oh, well, it's one of the things I thought about it was, was, was that it actually it looked really quite nice, it looked really quite sharp, um, but... Who knows on that one? Um, but yeah, Victoria, right? German film directed by Sebastian Schipper, uh, starring uh, Lea Costa, Frederic Lau, and a few other people that might be known. You've never ever seen them yeah, before. They might life. be known to people uh, who watch a lot of German cinema or a lot of German TV. I don't sure. know. Uh, there. Uh, the idea, I suppose, we'll get the idea of the way. Then I'll go into like a mini synopsis. Is it's a one take shot. Um, so it all runs through one take. I believe they did three takes of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting, and I'll come to why I think that's interesting later on as we discuss the, the merits of the film. Um, Iris, though, some of the film, I suppose, Victoria is a Spanish girl who lives in Berlin. Uh, she meets these wait, four guys, uh, Sonny, uh, Boxer, and Baus and Belinka, I think they're called. Yeah, sure. Um, meets them as she's coming out of the club and on her way home. 
Uh, they convinced him to kind of hang out with them. And then things kind of tumble from there into um, crime and death and chaos. Uh, so, Ian, Victoria, thoughts? Yeah, so I'd, I'd first heard of this a while back on, I, I think, the Row Free podcast. And um, they got a guy on there who goes to a lot of film festivals and he was talking about it. And it kind of made it seem like the most interesting thing was the fact it was done in one shot. And, I, I mean, it, I, I suppose it is. But I was surprised by the fact that it gets the other things right as well, pretty much. The, I, the first hour or so just kind of set, sets up the characters and you just got people having conversations and it takes a while before it gets to where it's going. I, I, I kind of wish I didn't know there was a crime element to it. Um, cause I, I, I think I would have been like, right, where the hell is this actually going? Um, so did you know there's a crime element to it? I did. Did you I not? Did. I did. Okay, that's that's interesting. Okay, so yeah, no, I knew they asked her to be a driver for like a robbery of some sort. Yeah, that... I, I I I knew I knew I knew of the film. I knew it was a one take, uh, and that was it. I knew, I knew nothing about the story about it. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So yeah. Um. So I I yeah. So the the the, the, the thing that I was very pleased with is is the fact that i really engaged with the characters and i want like i i I was pretty invested in them um i don't i certainly don't think it's perfect um it her motivations i think they maybe just about get away with just um and we'll talk about that and I don't know, as soon as you point a gun at a baby, I'm just like, right, okay, well, I know you're in a situation, but really? Or did he point a gun at the baby? I don't think he actually ever does point a gun at the baby. Okay. I don't think he ever threatens the baby, no. I mean, I suppose maybe the fact that they take the baby, and I don't know, maybe I just had that, like, Texas Chainsaw style, I thought I saw it where I didn't. Um, But, yeah, that scene, I I don't know... I get why they're doing it, but it made me lose a, a, a certain amount of connection that I had. Um, but again, maybe that's just because my, it maybe if I watch this when Lottie's older, then, you know, that wouldn't affect me as much, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, technically it's absolutely stunning. I think the performances are all really, really solid. Got a few issues, but yeah, I really, I, it's quite something. Yeah. Um, as a technical feat, it is it's, it's incredibly incredibly impressive. Uh, certainly, uh, from the fact is that it is all um, it is all one continuous take. Uh, so we're told, and you know you would have to believe them. It does appear like it is a one continuous take. I'm always a little bit skeptical on these things about how much you know kind of license is taken with that idea. No, it, I mean it is like this was one continuous take. Mm. It, 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 it just it was does look like I say I, the skeptic in me always thinks yeah, it, it, is there a point where they where they where they sort of went where they get the camera and went I need a piss I need a piss uh, so th- th- I always just feel a little bit like that I, I'll come to an interesting point after I've said what I think about the film in a little bit um, for for one thing that's kind of that that plagues my mind about that uh, is yeah the performances are fantastic I, I think that is. Um, what I do love about the fact the the uh, continuous take is it doesn't feel like it's 
like it's a continuous take, if you know what I mean. It, it doesn't. There doesn't feel like there's cuts or anything like that. But it doesn't feel like it, it, it's constantly uh, having to be um, curtailed by that idea. Uh, yeah. it, it feels quite organic in the way that it's moving. There's no point where you were looking at it going, you know, there should really be a cut there or something like that. It all feels quite natural. It, it takes along quite nicely. And there's a nice air of, um, because I didn't know where, where it went, uh, there's a nice air of threat or an unpleasant air of threat. It would, would be a better way of going. They're going, where's this going? This feels quite intense. This feels something bad's going to happen to her with yeah. these guys. These guys are, what is it? And therein where is where um, I, 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 I don't think that uh, when you said about um, her kind of motivations, they just get away with it. I, I don't think they do. I think it's a little bit, really? The, really? I, just, come on. The only, the only reason why I think they kind of do is because she's uh, like at stages drunk or high or buzzed the, and she's not of her right mind. That's that's that, fine, but she does that is literally it though. She doesn't seem that drunk, high or buzzed when they're asking her about the when he's basically saying, Look, come on, come on, because she's just seen them break into a car and steal a car. That is the one where it's kinda like you met these people like an hour ago, they've now stolen a car in front of you and they're seeming very tense and you're gonna go with them. Ah, uh, you. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I. Pushing is, it a little bit for me. They, they do set up the fact that she's lonely as well, which is I, fine. But I, 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 I do I, still I, think that it's it's a little bit like, do you know what? For the for the fact is that this is a film and it's not reality. I'll let it get away with it and go for it. But in reality, that don't fucking happen. No, no, no. I one hundred percent. And people having a problem with that I'm what? Yeah. Absolutely fair enough. I, 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 I don't know. I just like the the timing of things. I, I can't remember specific examples to be absolutely honest with you though, which is hurting my cause here. But the when some of these decisions are made, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, she might not be in her right head at this moment. Um, but then again, sometimes she's like really, really smart and resourceful. She is, but so it's a little bit inconsistent there as well in in thinking about it. Yeah, other times she seems a little bit wild and reckless, or other times she seems quite, you know, like you say, level-headed, and it, it bounces around a lot within that. Um, yeah, it, it, the, the, the the tension that it builds, I think, it is 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 fantastic, and it's. Um, the first hour and the first hour and a half are fantastic. It kind of started to lose me a little bit once you got uh, uh, past the, the bank robbery bit of it. That was, from there, I was a little bit like, all right, you've kind of, I'm not as on board with you now because I don't, I, I don't know what you're trying to make me think about these people. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it drops, it drops the character stuff and... Weirdly enough, it's kind of like Batman versus Superman if you want to draw an odd parallel. Where you yeah, know, I can see, I can see your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, before the, the kind of the courthouse bombing, it, you know, there's character and there's kind of interesting stuff going on. Then after that, it's pretty much all action, and that's what it is here. I mean, 
Aside from the scene where they're, they're in the like little apartment with the, the couple and the baby, there's not an awful lot of dialogue at all past maybe like the celebratory clubbing scene. From there onwards, yeah, there, there's really not a lot of dialogue in the film when there was a shitload before that. Yeah, the, 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 you're, you're spot right there with, with that. Um, it's it, one thing I would say that would be quite interesting to know is, like I say, they, they shot three, they shot it three times essentially the movie, um, and they used the second one. Uh, yes, apparently uh, is what I, I, I've read, um, and it, it's largely improvised. Um, the majority of the the movie, the kind of where it goes is 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 set, and obviously that has to be set up. But the dialogue, etc., is is largely improvised, which is fantastic, and, and only adds to the fact that the performances are incredibly uh, well done. Um, and there's a couple of great moments where you can tell somebody says something wrong, but they don't break character. Yeah. Um, for instance, I think um, Sonia says, uh, "This is a really nice hotel about a cafe," and then he goes, "No, I don't mean hotel, I mean cafe." And it, you know you, that clearly isn't in the script. He just says the wrong word and then keeps going. Uh, but he doesn't break character. It's quite interesting on that. But what I would, what I am kind of curious about is when you're you're ad libbing essentially, and um, you know you, you're doing improv within it. I wonder how long the other two takes were of of the actual movie because. It's a long movie. It's it's two hours, nearly two hours and twenty minutes, and I, I it did feel a little bit too long at points for me, to be honest. I, I thought it was it was too long. Uh, there was bits where you could quite easily have have cut, but I suppose the idea is you, you can't cut because that takes doesn't that take out of the the single take thing? If you start then cutting bits out of it, it takes away. So then, are you more? It, it, it then brings the film into is the filmmaker more bothered about making a continuous tape movie or a well-polished movie which one which one comes first is it i want to make and i suppose it drawing down to its most basic levels which i know it isn't as basic as this but for argument's sake is do i want to make a good movie or do i want to make a technical achievement what? That's taken down to its absolute basis of levels in terms of what was in his mind when he was was doing that. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like, the the thing is, the whole one-take thing makes it, in a way, kind of the ultimate one crazy night movie. Um, Yeah, I can about that. Like, if Scorsese was able to do something like that with After Hours, Mm. I'd like to think he would have maybe considered doing something similar to this, but obviously, you know, obviously couldn't. And I think it, it fits into the kind of the, the, the woozy atmosphere of the whole thing and the, the, the kind of uh, the unblinking, starting to go slightly crazy aspect of how it is to be out and about at that time of night and early morning. Well, Schubert did actually um, do a... He has actually done a full cut, like a cut version of it. Yeah, and apparently... And he doesn't think it's very good. But then again, he's not going to then go to a studio and say, I want to make a single cut movie. And they go, "Okay, but you've got to make an actual cut version of it as well, just in case it doesn't sit. He's not then going to go, well, I did make a cut version. That was really good as well. He's not going to do that, is he? Well, no, no. I also like the fact that, that... 
it, what one thing that I think is a really clever thing that he does with it, uh, the, the continuous take idea, is it's not real time. And that's really good. What? That it's not set in real time. What do you mean? The film isn't set in real time. It's not. It's not. It's not happening in, in real time. It, it's that more time is taken up than is actually in the movie. What? How, what do you mean? Well, she leaves the club at four a.m. It's mentioned that she leaves the club at four a.m. Um, and then the robbery has to take place between six thirty and six forty-five. We've not watched two hours, two hours and forty-five minutes worth of movie there. Are you sure? Absolutely sure. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. It doesn't to me, but it kind of makes... I, I like it better than that, because of that. I'd like... I'd, I'd maybe... Four o'clock in the morning. I... I fair, fair enough. I... If anybody else who's seen this, I'd like them to tweet us or email us. Because, mm. like, no, fair enough. It just... That seems like what the fuck's the point of doing it as one single take if it's not in real time but I, I kind of dug it about that to be honest really yeah I did I, I like the idea that that, that it, it's not it, it wasn't again tied to the idea hang on well no the club can't be fucking hang on are you saying the club closes at four or no no, no they, they leave at four when do they say that? When she's leaving, she says it's four o'clock. I've got to. I've got to. It's four o'clock. I've got to go home. I've got to open up later, um, this morning. The cafe. She's got to open the cafe at seven. Uh, yeah, because I I remember I remember them talking about the specific timing for the robbery. Yeah, but she says yeah. It's she says that she's left. It's four o'clock. She says at one point it's four o'clock. I mean, it could be it could be after four o'clock, could be four twenty-five, but she does say it that it's four o'clock in the morning. Fuck! I need to IMDb this. Like, I, 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 it just it doesn't make that. I'm looking at the the, the plot thing on uh, Wikipedia right now, and it says Victoria's uh, Minor School moved to Berlin three months earlier. Works in a cafe uh, for a meager wage, does not speak German, and does not know anybody in the new city. Leaving uh, a club at around four o'clock in the morning. And then, yeah, like, and it does specifically state that the robbery uh, will take place between 6.30 and 6.45. So, I mean, let's say, you know, for, for around 4 o'clock in the morning could be 25 past 4. So it maybe could, at a stretch, be, what is it? But, again, it's playing with itself. Okay, fair enough. I, I, right, okay. That's, hmm. Um, hang on, I've got a. How is this not being fucking mentioned on IMDb or anything? Then I like it, it kind of, that. Kind of seems like something that people would call out and give it shit for. Which probably means that it, it's got a lot of a lot of people liking it and not wanting to, to to pick holes. And I'm not picking holes actually. I mentioned this as a positive. I'd like to. Have it. Yeah, no, you did. I just it, it that that feels like a negative to me. You see that, yeah, that, which is weird because to me it feels like a positive in the fact that it's not tied, it's not tied itself down to saying this is, this is all happening in real time. And I like the day, well, the Daily Mail review says it happens in real time, but who's the fucking, the fucking Daily that? Mail? Let's be honest, if we're going to start fucking believe what the Daily Mail tells us. That's a fair point, well made, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's my kind of you know not 
So I'm not saying that that the film isn't great, is what I'm saying there. But like I said, the film, like like you said, it's a very good <laughs> way to describe it. It does literally Batman versus Superman it after the robbery and just go all a little bit kind of crazy. And, and yeah, quite literally shakes its dick in our face. Yeah, no, abs- no, absolutely, man. I, I don't know. It just, it, it, yeah. I mean, also, just talking about the, we've been talking about the one take a lot, but I really like the use of music as yeah. well. Yeah, it, it does. It it, 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 it breaks itself up in points and, and adds has these sort of moments where it, it, it isn't where where it, it's just doing what a, what a standard movie would do, which is not. Yeah. Yeah, but I, but I mean, like, the, I don't, the, the, the kind of the celebratory club scene where it like it, it's got that music and it kind of builds up, and then it's just got the really kind of chilled ambient stuff mm. where I, I like you, you're seeing them rocking out and like getting naked and going mental and stuff. But I like the way that it's almost like the, the kind of the euphoria of of the music and how it. It kind of complements their state of mind, but is not their state of mind. But like the piece that they're feeling is that music, but then they're kind of acting out all crazy. I I I really like that. Um, I mean, I mean, the, the music in general again kind of fits that kind of boozy woozy kind of atmosphere. I just, I just in the pump. I think it's a really, really, really strong entry in the pantheon of One Crazy Night movies. Yeah, absolutely. And I love a One Crazy Night movie. Uh, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I did... I, like you, for different reasons, I, I did start to get to the point of where I was going towards the end of it going, do you know what? I kind of hope they get caught now. Because I don't really... I, it, they kind of deserve to get caught. I mean, the, the, I, the thing is, if I thought... rooting for them, I'm, I'm really not... <laughs> I was waiting for him to die since they were in the taxi because I noticed he had quite a lot of blood on his hand. Yeah. I was like, where the fuck has that come from then? It's like, oh, right, okay, fine, his stomach. So then the last 10, 15 minutes or so, I think maybe you're supposed, like, they want you to be more invested in those two than you are. And I, I kind of was because of that first hour, but then I kind of wasn't because she alternated between making stupid decisions and being really resourceful. I, and he was just being sleepy and dying. I wasn't with their kind of relationship because it's a bit like, you met, you met like an hour ago. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but... You met I, I, an hour ago and, and, and you're willing to essentially go to prison for him. Yeah, that, yes, absolutely. But I like the kind of the instant chemistry that they have with each other and the kind of... I think they had any chemistry. I, oh, really? Okay. I, um, I, what, do you know what I was hoping for? And I was waiting for? I was hoping that she was going to fuck him over. And there was one point in the club where they're all getting kind of ushered out by the what is it? Oh, and she kind of hangs and back. And she hangs back. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, this would be great because she's got the money. If they get kicked out and she just fucks off. And then the next sort of like 30 minutes that's left of the movie is her fucking up. And then she done. And I was like, all right, what's going to happen now then? Because she just keeps she just keeps on making weird decisions. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, one hundred percent, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, I, again, it was just goodwill. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I had a lot of goodwill to it, then I started losing it. Uh, I mean, you know, not, not, uh, you know me, I, I, I despise children, so you can point as many guns at as many babies as you want. I mean, I ain't gonna fucking bother me. Uh, as long as you, you know, in fact, fucking shoot them for all I care. Um, but you're looking for a guy and a girl, right, in that building that are in their mid-twenties. Yeah, it's a fair, yeah. Right. right. You, I, I'm sorry, and you don't even go, you kind of go, which apartment do you live in? Can we just go back up to your apartment for a second? You don't just then let them out. That's a little bit like, do you know what? You're playing too much with reality now. And it, it, it's, it, it's gotten a little bit silly. Sure, sure. Uh, and that's that's where it started to lose it a little bit, like, for me. And by the end of it, I was going, just die. Just die so the film can finish now. Because <laughs> cause, because I, I'm not saying I want the film to be over, but I want to know if she gets caught or not. And if she doesn't, I'm a little bit like, well, essentially, she's just got away with it and she shouldn't have, really. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's fine. Again, I, I don't really care. I mean, I was, I was kind of glad that, I, I don't know. I was kind of glad that she got away with it to an extent. She, I know what you mean, but that's what's stupid, though, isn't she? She, she, she will do something stupid with that money. She, yeah. Do you know what, do you know what, do you know what happens? Do you know what happens to Victoria? Right. She, she walks back and thinks, shit, I better open the cafe. And goes back, and the police are there and go, and the woman with the baby goes, it was her. And she goes, oh, shit, I forgot about that. And that's what happens to Victoria. I, I don't think that's what happens to Victoria. I, I, I reckon that's what brought I reckon that's what happens to her. Because she, does she live there? <laughs> well, yeah, she lives there, but she's got that money. She's obviously going to fuck off. She needs to get a passport. It just—it seems like the 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 the, the, the hey, hey, they, and stupidity of that woman it is so. What is it that she would quite literally forget that she's just robbed a bank? Well, no. Uh, I don't, come on. I mean, I, I I think yes, it's a fair point. She's got to get a passport, but forget she robbed a bank. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, she this this, this 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 is the woman who got into a car with four questionable guys that she just watched them steal and offered to drive it because he'd been in prison and he had to go and do a favour for somebody. There's clearly something a little bit not quite wired right in Vicky's head. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, look, I've already, I've already said that's a fair point. It's, uh, do you know what? The, the thing is, it's a good film, but it, it just does get a little... It, it, it takes a little bit too many... Oh come on! I certain point. I described it on Letterboxd as crank fucking Birdman than getting into a relationship with Before Sunrise. I'm I'm fine with that film. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine that film. Um, but yeah, it just it's very good. It is very good, and people should people definitely should watch it. But I don't think it's I don't think it's magnificent. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. I, I like unless the rest of the year turns out poorly, I very much doubt it will be in my my top ten at the end of the year. But am I glad I watched it? Yes. Oh, yeah, am absolutely. I, am, am I glad I paid a tenner to kind of support the distributor in actually getting this out there and letting me watch it at home? Yep. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
it is. It, 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 it's, it's, like I say, excuse me, it would have been really easy to, to download it illegally. It would have been. It would have been easier to download it illegally and fucking buy it on their fucking app. But, if the option's there, I'd always prefer to do it that way. And it's brilliant that the option was there for this movie. Uh, so I'm really glad I did. Um, and I, I would recommend that, that people who are akin to this type of movie want to watch. I'm not, don't know, I'm not going to fucking recommend my dad watch it or anything like that. But, you know, to people who are akin to this type of movie, for instance, if George messages and says, oh, Victoria, is it worth watching? Yes, George, you will probably really like it. Mm. There's, there's that type of thing. Um, so, you know, there is, there is that. I do think it's very good. I do like the fact that I could, I had the opportunity to, to, to watch it in that way. It's very interesting. But if if somebody came to me um, and I was sat in a conversation with me and said, "Oh, it's brilliant! It's a fantastic movie. You know, it, it's it's one of the best movies of the year," I'd go, "Yeah, you haven't watched enough films, have you?" Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are people saying it's one of the best films of the year, and I think it's probably, it, it, you know, it, it's the technical thing, but. It is. That's, that, that's fine, but my point always comes back to when people go on about the technical achievement of a movie. The technical achievement in the Transformers movies is good. Don't make a fucking great movie. No, that's true. So, you know, the technical achievement in fucking Batman vs. Superman is, is a great technical achievement. Hundreds of people work really hard to make blockbuster movies that people shit all over and take glee in shitting all over. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's a fair point. That's and fair you, point. and you can kind of see that, you know, somebody there should be when when you know when you've got that dickhead who decided to start talking to Henry Cavill um, and Ben Affleck, saying oh, a lot of people saying this is a shit movie, it's getting really terrible reviews, and this is what people have said about it. At that point, Batfleck should have stopped him. Instead of just looking glum, should have stopped him and gone, look, if people don't like the movie, that's fine. But, come on. You know, a lot of people do go into making shit movies. So the technical achievement thing, in my mind, is yes, it's a brilliant technical achievement. But you can't then claim that that makes it a better movie than other movies. Because you've got to look at it at every fucking angle. No, but when it's a technical achievement and, you know, for me, anyway, obviously not yourself, but when it it hits the right notes. We absolutely, because it, it could have been a one-take movie and not work, and therefore you're looking at going, oh, it's a great technical achievement, and it's like, you're the film shit. Victoria happens to be one where it's worked, because, and the film happens to be it really good. So... But then again, it's still the two, the, the, whether they marry up or not. I don't know. It's a funny thing, really, I think, for me, to sure. be honest. Okay. In that. I'm making it sound like a bit like the movie, I really did quite, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, you kind of spent the last 20 minutes shitting on it. I have, yeah, which, which is really valid, because, I, I, you know, like, for me... To be fair, I think it's because I've been more positive on it, so it's, I, I, get, I, 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 I get that. I don't want to... So I don't want to try and bring your excitement and your... And jump a bit down. That's not what I want to do. It's still a solid seven, seven and a half out of ten for me. Mm. You just ain't good things. Definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Yes, absolutely. Definitely not shit. Um, and yeah, I, I, I contrary to what it sounds like, I did really enjoy it. Uh, so, Ian, what have you been watching this week? Uh, okay, so um, I'm going to rattle through some stuff because um, because of like the long review last week. There was a, a few things I didn't get to last week. 
Uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Um, so I watched that on Netflix, and um, I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd, but a star of that is is purely because of the awesome bromance between Pee-wee Herman and Joe Maggianello. I would have watched half of this. I do love the way that... that... If the, Joe Maggiarella literally has to say his name three times to him before he can get it right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I there is some like just it, dream sequences between the two dotted in the film that I thought were were just great. So there's that. Um, the rest of the film I think is a bit hit and miss. Um, it doesn't look great. Um, no. I, I didn't watch it in 4K. It was before I got the telly, but I got a feeling I didn't miss much. Um, it's intermittently funny. Um, I've never really, I've never seen any Pee Wee Herman stuff. I've never watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so there's that. A lot of fun. Yeah, sure. So, so I've heard. So I've heard. And I don't know. It, it's fine. It, I'm not surprised. It. The, the, the Netflix brought it out on Netflix the same day as Daredevil season two, and I've got a feeling they're slightly burying it. I mean, the thing is, it, it, it's apparently it, it's been quite nicely received. Um, from what I've read about it, is that it, it's been quite nicely done. I think it's like you say, it, it, they did it. Netflix did it because they can. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and you know, good on them. Jad Apatow produced it. It's it's fine. You know, I just I'm I'm, I'm not not massive on it, but the stuff between Pee Wee and Joe is is solid. Um, I watched the night before. These, uh, very, very solid. Liked it more as it went along. I um, think the kind of... Uh, the Anthony Mackie subplot was a bit... Couldn't give a shit. Yeah. I, 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 this, I think comes back to the point of... of I, I, I just... I don't get Anthony Mackie. I, 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 the thing is, I would have preferred it. I mean, slight spoiler alert for the night before, but it's not big. He plays a sports star who it turns out has been like doping yeah. essentially. And by the end of the film, the resolution of that is, all right, I'm going to admit that I've been doping. Yeah. And that, that's it. He, he doesn't even admit that. He admits it to his mom and he's to his mom. And then he's going to tell, like they're going to tell the world. Yeah. The, the thing is, I, I, frankly, it would have worked just fine if it was just, he's famous and he's not talking to his friends as much as a result. It's, yeah. Well, that sounds like a spoiler alert with that. It's not. It has no dramatic impact on the film whatsoever. <laughs> no, that's that. It just it's negligible impact, and it, it it's a shame. Um, and I, I to be, I, I like the way the Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Lizzie Kaplan thing played out. Um, I you know the the <laughs> fact that it doesn't it doesn't go properly movie anything. Yeah, it literally it literally goes fuck off. No, it literally yeah, yeah, that which is which is great. Yeah, well that was good, but. It actually gets my, more mileage out of Seth Rogen on drugs, which how the fuck that happened, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, big Game. Um, so this is the one from the guy who directed Rare Exports. Uh, are you still there? I'm still there, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's on Amazon Video in the UK. Uh, very solid 85 minutes or so. Um, not amazing. Uh, it's got a couple of really funny bits in it. The way the main villain is dispatched was... Um, amazing um and uh yeah it's it's short enough that i think it's it, it like that you it never 
actually gets boring. It's it's not great, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's not great, but at least it's short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, believe me, like for every for every ten minutes longer it was, a half star would have been knocked off. Yeah, basically. So there you go. Um, uh, the Good Dinosaur, uh, the Pixar's second one from last year. Um, noticeably second place one of last year. It's fine. Um, it's quite intense. I bought it because um, I thought Lottie might, like Lottie likes dinosaurs, and I thought she might be into it. Uh, she watched like the first ten minutes, then got bored and went off and did something else. And I'm really glad because about fifteen minutes in, mild spoiler alert, but fifteen minutes in, the main character's dad dies. Like, it gets swept up in a storm and drowns. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, Disney. Yeah. It's, you know, it's Disney stuff. Um, but the rest of it becomes this weird kind of half spiritual, half weird Western pastiche thing, which was messy. Really messy. But it looks phenomenal. It looks so good. Um... And the relationship between the dinosaur and the, the 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 boy that acts like a dog was was fine. It's it I mean it's very much lesser Pixar, but I'd still watch it over the Cars films any fucking day of the week. Yeah, uh, there's that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'll do one more, and then I've got a few others, but I'll I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, the Monuments Men, uh, which is on Amazon Video again. Um, and, uh, I liked it more than I thought it was going to. Um, that, that film seems like the most, like, like, literally, they all got together and went, right, we're going to make this film called The Monuments Men, and we're going to have all of this, all of those lot are going to be in it. And they go, oh, really good, sounds great, yeah, right, but we want it to be 7 out of 10. We don't want it to be really good, but we don't want it to be crap. Uh, and then they made a 7 out of 10 movie. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and it's exactly what I gave it on Letterboxd. I mean, the, the, yeah, 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 it is. Um, the, the, the problem with it is that it's trying to talk about some really, like, serious issues, but it can't go more than about seven or eight minutes of seriousness without having a light-hearted scene. Yeah. And there's, I think, twice, two deaths in the film happen with George Clooney giving voiceover narration while there's like the death happening and then the kind of the reaction to the death after mm. with Clooney giving voiceover and it's just a it feels like it needed a bit more time to to brew it 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 slightly feels like this was an edit or two away from being a better film but the, the nature of it having to try and be funny when, you know, and, and maybe like with one eye on the box office, when it kind of wants to be a serious minded Oscar botherer about how cult, uh, uh, preserving culture is a worthy sacrifice. Yeah. Um, which is a great idea. But the film just has to have Bill Murray say something sardonic every every few minutes. Yeah, it does. I, I, I've hovered over it so many times, but then every time I hover over it, every time I decide not to watch it, it's because I kind of think 
Well, do you know what? I don't need to watch that movie and know what happens. No, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I, if you know, I know the story a little bit, and and yeah, and then the rest of it is a little bit like, well, I know the story, and I, I can pretty much tell what's going to happen, what each character's going to do in it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, everybody's pretty much performing to type. I, it's... I, 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 it was an enjoyable watch. Um, I, I certainly don't think it was horrible, but it does continue Clooney's really patchy directorial record. It continues Clooney's kind of patchy past few years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He seems to have... It seems to be that since, I don't know... Sort of like the, the the Oceans movie's finished, and he essentially became the biggest star in the, in the world. Essentially, it's kind of been he's had quite a few uh, Leatherheads, Minister of Goats, which I enjoyed, but let's be honest, wasn't a great movie. Leatherheads is somebody trying to be the Coen Brothers, yes, getting a getting absolutely. a budget and really, really trying to be the Coens. But but then I enjoyed the American was really good. Uh, the Eyes of March was was. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Descendants was was fun, um, you know. But then he had Monuments Men and Tomorrowland, which kind of felt a little bit like, why? Uh, but then Hill Caesar's... Tomorrowland is such fucking bobbins. <laughs> like that bloody. Have you seen that yet? I've not. No, I, I that I, fucking I, film. I keep thinking I could watch Tomorrowland, and then I think, or I could do anything else with an hour and with two hours and ten minutes. I just, I, it just. The thing is, it might be good for a laugh for you. I mean, the last scene of that bloody film where they're all... The the thing is, it's like I'm overly cynical and the enemy of that film is cynicism. Like, literally, the enemy in the film is cynicism. But think about it, you're quite cynical. Think about how cynical I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is the thing, man. The the last scene of that film will be like... Laugh central for you. Just, oh God, the fucking costumes. I, I do you know what I'm, and I might watch it this week just, just, just to see. Because I might come out of it. And I will go in with an absolutely open mind, but I might come out of it and go, I actually kind of enjoyed that. It's as likely as me to come out of it and go, yeah, I, 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 I need to buy a new TV because I punished it to death. It's just, it's, it's Brad Bird thinking that kids today are. Kids from America in the fifties, <laughs> and they're not. That that age is gone. And if he thinks that's connecting with kids, it's not. For better or worse, it's not. And to be honest, I'd say better because Christ alive, Brad Bird's kids must be the most fucking milk toast, like white bread kids. In the fucking world. And I say that as someone who likes the Iron Giant and the Incredibles. Yeah. But that fucking quote is so boring. It's untrue. He is, yeah. I like the Iron Giant and the Mission... And I I don't dislike his Mission Impossible movies, is what I'd say. Yeah, I I don't dislike that either. But I don't know, man. It's like he's hearkening back to a time that I don't want to go back to. And I don't want to wear those fucking costumes. If it was, you've got to wear these costumes... Or be with Hugh Laurie and be cynical about everything. I'm with Hugh Laurie fucking jumping off the precipice into the end of the world, hand in hand, sneering. 
Cool. That fucking seriously, that fucking film. I'll, I'll like. Oh my god. I will watch. I'm gonna have to watch this week now. Aren't I? Yeah. I'll watch this week. Yeah. Didn't George really like it as George well? George did really like it, yeah. Yeah, of course he fucking did. Like, it just for you to have a go at George on the WhatsApp group would be... <laughs> if that's inside baseball, but fuck me. Anyway, go on, Mark. Cool. Uh, right, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle through a few things. Uh, yeah, uh, re-watch the podcast now. Um, nice. Bank Holiday Monday, because me and mm. Becky decided to watch a couple of war movies on Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, so re-watch the podcast now. Been meaning to watch Pocalypse now for quite a while. Uh, Becky's only seen it once, I believe. Um, and so she's been nattering to rewatch it. And I've seen it a number of times. And also, it, now, it's one of those movies where it's quite a... Um, it's it's an undertaking going to watch it. We didn't watch the Redux because she's seen the Redux. So I wanted to show her the uh, theatrical um, to just to sort of see if she noticed the difference or if it felt different to her. Uh, and the past sort of five or six times I've watched it, it's been the Redux, so I wanted to sort of see if it was different to me. Uh, and it is, it's short by quite a considerable amount. Um, I still prefer, to be honest, the, the Redux. I think I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I think they're still both my favourite movie of all time. Um, just some of the, um, the, the use of ridiculousness uh, within it. So set design, whether or not they happen to have just seen a fucking downed helicopter and used it, or whether or not fucking Coppola has gone, can somebody shoot down that helicopter because I need to use it shot down? Is, is, is that ridiculousness? Um, it's, there's the idea, and people have said it, and I've probably said it at some point, of, of you know, insanity movies like Apocalypse Now don't get made anymore. But they do, of course, we've got Mad Max, so that's complete bullshit. Um, but a movie to the insanity levels of Apocalypse Now, where you're making this huge movie um, and they're writing it as they're going along. Um, you know, Coppola has not got an ending. He doesn't know how he's ending it. Um, fucking, they put Brando on this ridiculous contract that he gets paid per day, whether or not he fucking does anything or not. So he spends days just sleeping and eating just because he knows he's getting paid or mumbling his way through lines because he knows that he's got to be kept on because Coppola needs him just to be a dick. Sheen having a heart attack. Um, mm. Duval just coming in and doing what Robert Duval does where he just breezes into a movie and fucking steals it. It's magnificent. Um, it's it's just insanity breathing over. There is always one moment that I don't like about Apocalypse Now and it is the fact that they use the footage of the cow slaughtering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit like... It wouldn't be there if it hadn't happened. So, it, it, it's a little bit, it's it still... It was happening anyway. It was, it? it was happening anyway, but the yeah. only reason why it was allowed to be in the film is because it was happening anyway. They didn't go and find it. It happened to be happening. So, if it hadn't happened to be happening, it wouldn't have been in the film. So, it, it, it's a little bit like that. And it is a little bit like, you used it, Coppola, because you knew you could get away with using it. Mm. And that is that is it, and it, it. I don't think it adds anything to the movie. In fact, as somebody who says that Apocalypse Now is their favourite movie of all time, I do go. It's the one moment in the movie where I go, mm, I don't like that bit because that fucking cow is actually being hacked to death. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Sure. I did some research actually into the actual, uh, the actual um, ritual, and the cow is actually drugged. 
so it doesn't feel a fucking thing, apparently. Well, not actually, I don't know. But yeah, I did read a thing that said that the cow is essentially, they, the cow's high as fuck at that point. It's cow high. However, cows get high, I don't know. Imagine what that must be like that, for a cow. I imagine, I imagine that a cow is pretty fucking weird anywhere. Yeah. And a cow in that situation normally will be going, ooh, fucking weird. <laughs> a cow on fucking whatever it's on will be going, this is fucking really weird. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I watched Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Earlier in the day, uh, I'd watched um, Saving Private Ryan. Um, not my choice. Becky wants to watch this, but although I do like Saving Private Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what's really weird, right, is um, Saving Private Ryan and the, and the Thin Red Line um, came out at the same time, around about the same time, same year, and not far away from each other. And it always was, you know, it, it kind of became... The, the Thin Red Line became like the thinking man's. That's the movie that everyone said was fantastic. Uh, which it was. And they're both fantastic. Um, I, I think on, on that thing. I do prefer The Thin Red Line, but I do think Saving Private Ryan is, is fantastic. Um, it could do without... It could do without the, the start and the end. It could do with all of it just being set in World War II. Sure. I don't like the, the fucking... The guy walking along with his fucking dickhead fucking son taking photos of him. Where he literally he's walking in front of him, like like in front of all his family, like he's literally thinking, I hate all these people. I hate, <laughs> I hate my fucking dickhead son taking fucking photos of me going to a war memorial, the prick. <laughs> my wife that he's brought along with him. I hate my fucking wife that I only married because I thought I had to do something good because fucking Tom Hanks told me to. And what good did I do? Raised a dickhead son who takes photos. Yeah, a fucking memorial. That is the bit I hate. That movie itself is fantastic. Tom Sizemore is great and it makes you go, oh, whoever introduced Tom Sizemore a crack robbed the world of somebody fantastic. Uh, Barry Pepper is is magnificent. But isn't it, I don't need to beat on about fucking Sir Brett Ryan because everyone knows it is a really... It's a fantastic movie in that opening. I do vividly remember that opening kind of once you've got past the fucking gayness at the start of it. You've got that opening 27 minutes of rah of the Storm of the Beach is incredible. I remember seeing that cinema and, you know, even after the rest of the movie still coming out and still sort of physically being a little bit, ooh, I'm shaking a little bit. Yeah. It was like that in the cinema. Um, but Thin Red Line was kind of lauded as having all of these amazing people in it. Um, so, you know, Sean Penn, and you know, when you take away the, you know, the people who weren't that well-known but were still quite prominent, but like Sean Penn was in it, John Cusack, Woody Harrelson was there, Nick Nolley was there, Travolta was there, Clooney was there. They had all the people that were shot in it but never actually fucking made it. And, you know, Saving Private Ryan was essentially was Tom Hanks, and what a lot of people thought at the time was Tom Hanks and Matt Damon and quite a, sort of a little bit of a bunch of unknowns, really. Mm. Um, but then when you go through it and you look back at it, you've got like Barry Pepper, Adam Goldberg, Vin Diesel, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Paul Giamatti's in there, uh, Nathan Fillion's in there, Brian Cranston's in there, Leland Orser's in there, Dennis fucking Farrener's in there, which I completely forgot about. Is he? Yeah, he is. He, he plays one of the colonels in it. Um, yeah. yeah. So when you look back at it, it's future casting of just great fucking character actors. It's fantastic. And it's it's a really, really good film. Um, which, you know, of course, is a ridiculous thing to say, because of course it is. Um, also, uh, I'll do my last two, and I'll, I'll let you come back in and it'll nicely wrap everything up. Yeah, uh, okay. I rewatched uh, a film called Middlemen. Uh, have you ever seen this? 
no, it's just a Luke Wilson one. Yeah, um, yeah okay. Middlemen's a really interesting film in the sense of um, it, it, it tells a story, but kind of like a a highly dramatised version of the story. So it is based on a real story, but a much kind of overblown version of the story. A little bit like um, another Nick Cage film, Lord of War. Uh-huh. It's a, I always think it's a little bit like this particular story's version of that. Uh, it, it's got Luke Wilson in it um, and Giovanni Ribisi uh, and Gabriel Machette um, James Carnes in there, Killing Pollock turns up. Uh, Terry Crews is in it as well. Uh, mm. Terry Crews punches a man to death with one punch, which is quite amusing. Pretty uh, solid. Yeah, the story of, of Middleman is uh, Giovanni Ribisi um, and um, Gabriel Michel, uh they play Wayne and Buck, these two guys who decide there isn't enough porn on the internet. So they start putting more porn on the internet. But that's not the interesting bit that they do. They write a programme uh, that essentially means that people can pay a subscription via their credit card over the internet to get porn. Um, to sort of, what they start doing is they decide they need to get, they need to, because they potentially did this by just scanning a load of images from porn mags it, onto the computer. So they think, right, we need to put our own content. So they approached a, uh, a strip club owner who happened to be a Russian gangster to be their partner, and then they pissed away the money, so they owed him an obscene amount of money. They ended up bringing Luke Wilson on board, who was like this family guy um, who was a businessman who they brought on to fix everything. And he ended up kind of being the straight-laced guy who was trying to fix everything for them to sort of keep them in line because they were just these two fucking idiots who were more interested in fucking girls and taking as much coke as they possibly could. Um, so it's... It's an hour and 45 minutes long. In fact, yeah, it's an hour and 45 minutes long and it's really quite entertaining. It's on Netflix UK and it is the absolute definition of a midweek movie. Uh, okay, yeah, that's going to do for me. I'm going to I'm gonna fucking watch that at some point. It's been on my my list on Netflix for ages. Honestly, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's great. But it, it's one of those where Giovanni Ribisi is in crazy Giovanni Ribisi uh, mode. So he spends a lot of the time with a beard Glasses on, no shirt on, going at people a lot of Sorry. the time, which is always great. Crazy Giovanni Ruiz is fantastic. Uh, it's it's good. Um, it's it's I've watched it a few times, sir. It, it's not well. That's actually fucking. That's not an endorsement. To say that to be honest. No, it's not. It never is. <laughs> it never is now. Um, and the final one I watched um, is Ninety Nine Homes. Uh, oh, okay, yes. Is the um, Andrew Garfield uh, and Michael Shannon uh, movie, um, which is it's hard to talk about without mildly spoiling it, to be honest, because it's great in the sense that story essentially is that Andrew Garfield plays a, a young father who lives with his mother, um, and they're evicted from the house. It's his childhood home and he's got, he, he lives with his mum but he also lives with his young son as well. His son's maybe somewhere between the age of I would say 9 and 11. He could be anywhere between that kind of age. Uh, and he's evicted from his home and he's evicted by um, the bank but the real estate agent that's working on behalf of the bank is played by Michael Shannon. Mm-hmm. Now as he's been evicted, uh, Michael Shannon's there, and the sheriffs are basically saying, you need to get out of the house, you need to get out of the house. Um, 
and they're taking out all of their stuff. They go to a motel. He then tries to go to work the next day and can't because um, it turns out that it seems a lot of his tools have been stolen. So he goes to confront the guy that he thinks, who works for Michael Shannon, he thinks has stolen his tools, to accuse him of it. And by a kind of circumstance, ends up working for Michael Shannon, basically doing the same things that, you know, evicting people. Because he's quite handy. He can do pretty much anything. He can do plumbing, electrics, do all of these things. And Shannon's character is shady in the fact that he's he's breaking the law within the law so it doesn't seem like he's breaking the law. So what he's doing is he's buying these... uh, He's offering the American government... And this was kind of legal, but weird. He was essentially saying the banks of the government who were repossessing these... I will buy this house off you for this amount once it's been repossessed, right? And he was, and I will even do the repossessing for you, but you have to pay me to do the repossessing. Okay, there. So he's doing that. Then when it comes to buy it, he's going, well, hang on a minute. I said I'd buy it, and it was supposed to have a pool and an air conditioning unit, and they're not there anymore, so I'm not buying it. The reason why they're not there anymore is because he's paying people to take them away. So then he will then say, I will buy it, but as long as they go back in, but I tell you what, my company will put them back in and charge you for it. And so he was quite literally stealing the air conditioning unit, then, putting, then getting paid for the air conditioning unit and putting the same one back in. And then nobody would ever know because he was the one buying the fucking house. <laughs> so that's what it's doing. And it's really, really good. Shannon is fantastic, but then again, he's Michael Shannon. He's always fantastic. But he's in full fucking scene-chewingly magnificent Shannon mode in this. Garfield is very good uh, in it. Uh, Laura Dern's a little bit annoying in it, playing his mum. But she's not in it a lot. majority of it is Garfield and Shannon. Mm. However, the film goes through all of this and then finds its morals at the end, and that is what I didn't like about it. Is what I will say. So Shannon, all right, okay. As far as I will go, the film yeah. finds its morals at the end, and I and I went, nah, you fucking shit the bed now. Okay. You shit the bed for me, because I was, I was, because I was with you up to that point, and then I've gone, do you know what? Do you know what? You, you, you're fucking stupid. Hmm. You know, you've 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 made the wrong decision there. A certain character makes a decision, and you go, "Do you know what? No, you're you, you you've you've gone wrong. <laughs> you've you've made the right decision, maybe the right decision, might be the wrong decision, but you're you're wrong and right at the same time." But I don't agree with you. Okay. So, but it's it's well worth a watch. Absolutely well worth a watch. Hmm. Okay. Sounds fantastic. So, go on. What else have you been watching? Yeah. Nice. Um. That's one I just need it to pop up on Netflix or Amazon Video or something, and then I'm all over it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, and I think it'll be long. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, a few other things. I watched uh, "Come Drink with Me," um, the uh, Shaw, Shaw Brothers film from '66. Uh, oh. um, so, um, which I think once upon a time Tarantino was thinking about remaking. Yes, I think I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, it was good, this. Um, so, it, essentially, story is... Um, um, 
there's a, a, a basically a bunch of bandits kidnap uh i think a general's son or something the general sends uh a um uh a, a kind of a a, a a lady fighter out to uh try and get him back uh if i remember correctly i'll be honest with you i was quite sleepy watching it um so it might be i'm getting some things wrong here but um she's uh, kind of uh, helped by uh, a leader of the band, uh, not of the band. It's like a a leader of this um, uh, fighting school um, who I think the leader of the bandits was his old master. So he's kind of trying to help, but doesn't want to actually fight his old master because he still respects him. Um, so it, it's this kind of like, is he actually going to, like really help her out or not kind of thing and him basically deciding whether he's going to actually confront his old master or not. Um, and yeah, action sequences really, really solid. Um, it's a, the film, the lady is more badass at the start than she is at the end. Sorry. It's really weird in me out. I closed the door of this room and it's open. <laughs> I think Don must have come in at some point and just done something. But okay, that's a bit creepy. Um, anyway, um, yeah, the, um, the 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 lady in it, she starts as a badass, and she is a bit of a badass throughout the whole thing. But she needs the help of a man, um, and I suppose it's a film of its time. Can't have a go at it that much, but yeah, it's a bit of I don't know, it's a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, the, the action sequences are good. Um, it's relatively short. It's it, it's worth a go. Um, it was on film four a while back. Um, yeah. They did a Shaw Brothers season. I was just catching up with it. The new oh man, my new TV. It lets me use my Bluetooth headphones. Use it um, using it, so I can watch anything through my Bluetooth headphones now, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, so I I kind of watched it through that. Um, okay, uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. Oh uh, yes. She's on. Oh, nice! I wish I saw this at the cinema. Um, it's on Amazon Video. The hit rate is really, really high in this. Yeah. Um, it like uh, some of the the references are pretty out of date, but But if you remember them, they're good. Yeah, and I mean, I I mean, a lot of it still works. It's just, it's very funny. Um, really, really solid cast here as well. I mean, Emilio Estevez, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Tim Curry, and William Shatner. That'll do. Yeah. That's fine by me. Um, yeah, it just aggressively goes for laughs. Um, I love the fact that Emilio Estevez is kind of like, he's Martin Riggs, except instead of like losing a wife or um, he loses his dog. And he makes comments about his relationship with with the dog and like rubbing the tummy and whatnot and Samuel L. Jackson's like looking like what the fuck <laughs> and it's never actually resolved in the film so Samuel L. Jackson spends the entire time thinking Emilio Estevez is actually talking about a woman and not a dog yeah. uh, which is which is amazing really uh, solid Bruce Willis cameo as well mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I won't I won't give it away for those who haven't seen this, but it's funny, man. It's fucking funny. Um, it's, it's one of those, those sort of early 90s comedies that I, I, I think got kind of lost in the haze a little bit and doesn't actually get mentioned anymore now, but it is actually a genuinely great you know, comedy of its time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, there's National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. It's like 80 minutes long. It's on Amazon Video. What's not to like? 
Um, and lastly, uh, my kind of movie movie of the week. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get into a place where I, I, I watch at least one movie film a week. Hmm. And then it's literally costing me less than a quid a film, yeah. which is which I'm happy with. Um, so I watched Four Rooms. Oh, yes. I'm be saying what you watched this. Yeah, which is like the most 90s film ever. Um, It's kind of amazing in that way. So this is a kind of oft-derided kind of portmanteau film that... um, It it was Alice Hernandez, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, and other person I have never heard of. Alexander Rockwell. Yeah, what the fuck is he known for? Uh, He... Did in the soup. Great. Uh, the Steve Buscemi movie. With, um, I believe does that have a very early performance from Sam Rockwell in it? it might have. I think it might do, but I might be. Maybe off on that, but he was he was one of the he's so hot right now and then did fuck all afterwards. Yeah, of. yeah, no, I mean he really did fuck all afterwards. Yeah, um, you know, I mean Alison Anders hasn't really sort of set the fuck up. Oh, Sam Rockwell wasn't it? Yeah, was it? No, no. Yeah, yeah I mean Alison Anders hasn't really done much either, has she? No, I mean, and so Tilm Roth plays the the bellhop, who's kind of the central figure of the the whole thing and the, the a couple of characters kind of come in and out of it but um right tim roth's character is so inconsistent yeah. in this that it kind of felt like the directors just didn't talk to each other kind of true Real, oh, okay yeah kind of true uh in the sense that um rodriguez and um uh, and Tarantino obviously spoke quite a lot because they're really good friends. Uh, but Tarantino didn't get on with Alison Anders, so barely spoke to her, apparently. Um, and uh, none of them got on with Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, okay, so the Alison Anders bit is terrible. It, like, just straight up terrible. That's the, that's the, the witches with Madonna yeah. and uh, Alicia Witt, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I don't need, I thought it was fascinating that Madonna, who is like the big kind of like sexy S&M kind of w- woman, like like she was doing in the 90s, you know, yeah. like provocative and stuff, is all, pretty much the only one of the witches who just stays in clothes for like the entire thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, that was really... <laughs> um, but yeah, she's just got this like black like cat suit on it's like oh, fuck's sake get over yourself um, so yeah Tim Roth is just basically he can't stand still he's constantly spasming for like in it and it, it's basically witches trying to resurrect an old, a, a witch and one of them fucks Tim Roth at Roth hmm. And it takes about 25 minutes to do its thing. Tim Roth was supposed to be played by Bashemi, I believe. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah but you think, I think he was really supposed to be played by Steve Bashemi. Steve Bashemi, I think, made 
Escape to LA instead for <laughs> solid choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it just, it, I, I don't know, that, it, that bit was terrible. Like, re- really bad. Uh, yeah. Was um, LA was making stuff. Okay, fair enough. It was a good choice for me. Um, uh, so the second one, the Rockwell one, is basically a freehander, which it, it, it involves a husband and a wife having a very, very vigorous argument. Um, it's notice, notable only for Lawrence Bender throwing up on Tim Roth. Um, so there's that. Um, the third one... The third one's kind of Robert Rodriguez doing kind of a, almost absurdist comedy, which I, <laughs> I, I was actually I was kind of into it, um, where it, it's basically Tim Roth looking after these two kids um, and Antonio Banderas is their really intimidating dad. And it, it just kind of goes from bad to worse. And by like the closing image of that one is amazing. Just a mate. I don't. I actually don't want to spoil it because if you've got movie, this film is worth a watch. Primarily because of the Rodriguez one and the Tarantino one. Yeah. The Tarantino one is good. really good. Yeah, um, really good. Um, it, it, it's kind of like you don't really know where it's going. What, the, the the kind of the build up and the payoff are amazing. The, the payoff is amazing. Mm. Yeah. It, it, that, I, I, that last shot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't. Again, I don't want to spoil it, but I love how the climactic. I, I love how the climactic thing happens yeah. and the editing of it. The editing's fantastic. Like that is so Tarantino. It's untrue, and Tarantino is or is kind of Tarantino in it. You know, it's it's almost as if it's him in an interview, just like jabbering on about something. Yeah, but. He's acting. Yeah, I don't know. It was fun. Pretty sure it was supposed to be. Uh, there was supposed to be five directors. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Lindley was supposed to be one. Wow. That would have been interesting. Um, I'd have liked to have seen that. But I think he, his was supposed to. His was supposed to be the one in between uh, Rockwell's and uh, Rodriguez's. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Wait a minute. His might have been the one uh, in between Rodriguez and Tarantino's uh, that ended up being that little bit where... Um, oh, he's on the phone to uh, Kathy Griffin. Griffin, and he's quitting, yeah. yeah. And he's like... And he, he, his voice goes really weird, isn't it? I remember in that bit. And he's like... He, he, he goes really chilled and really... Look, what this? No, he he goes proper because that's that's what I'm saying about his character being inconsistent because he goes just straight up like kind of slightly chilled out Cockney. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like what the fuck? Because I mean, he kind of keeps some of it. Like he's got some things where he's walking and like kind of do it like that, almost dancing around with his hat, and he kind of does that through all of it. But like the Rodriguez one, he got like he kind of explodes at one point. It's like that character and the guy in the Anders one are not the same person. Yeah. Um, even though I suppose it's like that's the fact that the Knights get into him, but then the, the, the character in the Rodriguez one and the Tarantino one, they're not the same person. Like he's so, cause in the Tarantino one, he's suddenly really, really kind of chilled out. Yeah. And, and it's just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, so nice, like the fucking main theme music 
Oh my god. <laughs> like what the why 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 am I what why? Why why? I mean it, it, it's Tarantino obviously using his cachet to do something incredibly indulgent, but I it works just about enough to be worth a watch for me. I'm kind of glad there wasn't another one in there, because I think if there was another one in there that didn't work, it would have you uh, torpedoed the whole thing. But as it was, three out of five. Yep. I did, like the Tarantino one is is strong, straight up strong, and the Rodriguez one is fun. Um, the the Rockwell one is fine. The Anders one is absolute bobbins. <laughs> yes, which is the general the general kind of um, accepted view of it. To be honest. Like, like absolute horseshit that one. I, because uh, I, I, I like, I, I messaged you about ten minutes into the whole thing. I was like, "What the fuck is Tim Roth doing here?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a peculiar, peculiar movie. Um, but yeah, yeah, four rooms movie worth a go. Just. Yes, cool. Right. Uh, is that your? Is that everything? That's it. Right. I think we have. I think we have at least one question. Uh, I thought we had two from Brad, to be honest. I thought we did as well, but uh... but one of them seems to have disappeared. But I remember it. So uh, if you have got it disappeared, Brad, okay, because I remember it. Um, so the one that Brad disappeared uh, was uh, which moment of your life uh, would you like to have uh, been a one-take movie? Oh, what event from your own life yeah. do you wish was captured in one second shown to audiences? For some reason, you just out me with it. Um, oh, you with it. Ah, right, because you didn't want me to answer it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I'd say the moment I got chased by the police um, running down Corn Street in Bristol with a dildo. <laughs> waving it? Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, waving it. Did you get caught? Well, basically, what it was, was we came back really, really pissed. This was when I was in uni um, from a night out, and our female housemate had gone away. And one of my mates, Lewis, found a dildo in her room. So then me and him just went out in the middle of Corn Street, just waving it about and shouting. Then we saw some police, like police car lights, and started, for some reason we just started running. And um, then we got back into my flat, and then literally, like, the buzzer started going, like, two minutes later. And it, it was a copper just going, like, we know you're up there. Can, come down. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So me and Lewis, like, Lewis was filming the whole thing as well. I, I think he might still have this. I, I hope he does. Me and him, and he's filming this. Just go downstairs. And I'm like, uh, what, you know, what's going on? He was like, right, I saw you two coming in here. What, you know, what are you doing? Just, like, be honest. I was like, right, okay. I know this sounds really stupid. I was just running down the street waving this dildo in the, in the air. So you said it in your hand? Um, I can't... No, I, no, actually, sorry. I don't think I had it in my hand, but a well with a dildo in the air. And then, oh, man. And I'll tell you what as well. I was like, just skipping back. I, was, I remember this so clearly. I was fucking wrecked. Um, I, I was trying to get my, the key in the door. And I was just like, my hands are so slippy. <laughs> it was fucking disgusting. So, um, so yeah, no, and I, like, so the cop is like, and, and I say this, and then he just looks for a few seconds and he goes, I thought it would be something like that. All right, then. <laughs> what? <laughs> no word of a lie. I've watched that. 
I thought it would be something like that. And he was like, right, good night. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd watch that happily. <laughs> it, it's, oh, my God, it was so funny. I'd like, yeah, but anyway, go on. Uh, mine, would be, uh, mine would be written by Aaron Sorkin, uh, and it would be this. Uh, I remember when I worked for Carpal Warehouse when the original iPhone was released, mm. uh, and we had to close uh, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, completely reset the shop um, so we could put out the POS for the iPhone. Um, and then reopen again at seven o'clock uh, or six o'clock. I can't remember if it's six o'clock or seven o'clock um, for the the iPhone to be released for all these waves of reams of people coming for the iPhone. I remember saying, "There's gonna be nobody here. Bullshit, this is. There's gonna be nobody there." And then at about half to so half past five or half past six, whichever one it was. Let's say, for instance, we opened at seven o'clock. So half past six, I remember going out, open the door, and these people trying to get in and going, "No, no, no, you can't come in yet. We're not open till seven. And looking down and coming back in and going to a couple of the members of staff that I had in that night and going, oh, shit, there's like a fucking queue beyond what I can see. To the point of where I had to actually say to somebody I working for me, can you go down and just count how many people there are? Yeah. Because we've only got, like, I think we have, like, 95 iPhones. And there was easily more than that. And the way that you were credit checked for it, was essentially you paid to be credit checked, but it came off a chip and pin. Carphone Warehouse crashed the chip and pin system. I think I remember you talking about this. Not, Maybe not on the podcast, but yeah. Carphone Warehouse crashed it, not just for Carphone Warehouse, for the country. That's right, that's right, yeah. Everywhere was crashed because everyone was using this. What is it? So Carphone Warehouse were going to be in shit from Apple because they couldn't get rid of these, and they're a target to sell every single one that oh. we had had to sell and we were basically told you open at seven and you close when you've run out that's yeah. it and so we're there um and i for some reason knew how to use the back office system so when all the when the chip and thin system wasn't working anymore and i had all these people screaming i went hang on a minute hang on a minute wait a minute let me try something so i tried something and put it through on we had a uh, a a system that we were allowed to use and an old system that was still operational that we were not allowed to use, but I knew how to use. So I started using that and assumed everybody in the company was just doing that. So I'm writing them through and then my phone's ringing and it's my area manager. So I went, right, I need to answer this. So I got somebody else to continue with the thing. Went in and said to my manager, what's up? He went, how the fuck are you putting contracts through? I was like, mm. uh, I don't want to say, am I going to get fired? He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm using the old system. You'll get fired for that. I was like, yeah. Which is why I don't want to say how I'm doing it. He went, no, you need to write down a step-by-step, easy-as-fuck instructions to everybody in the company and then email every single manager in the company. Like, <laughs> I can't do that because it, that's like more than the amount of people I'm allowed to email and I'll get fired for it because you don't yeah. get fired for that at the time. And he was told, you're exempt because you're <laughs> the only store in the country right now that can process them because for some reason you're the only fucking idiot who knows how to do this. Yeah, yeah, nice. Type it out and then send it out and then all the time I'm thinking two things. One, I've just sent an email that will get me fired. Two, I've been using a system that went categorically not allowed to use that is a sackable offence and I've just essentially emailed the owner of the company to tell him I'm using it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And look, I got, I got, Paid an extra 500 quid for it. 
Nice, that's the way. Yeah. I, I got a thank you from the uh, from Charles Dunstan, the owner of the company, and then had a bonus of five hundred quid for doing it. Pretty solid, man. <laughs> Not fired, but yeah, that was a tense couple of hours <laughs> when you've got all of these people that have been waiting that long for an iPhone, the first iPhone, screaming at you because you're going, you might not be able to get one right now. Mm. <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> uh, and the other one that he sent us is a strange one of who would play you in a porn parody of this podcast? And it doesn't have to be a porn star. I did ask him that. Kevin James. Oh, that is incredible. Um, oh, fuck. Now I'm going to go for... I'm, I'm going to go for David Spade then. Kevin James and David Spade. Yes. <laughs> what would it be called? It would be called... I don't know. Um, it would be something... It, do you know what? It would probably be called Dude Balls and Monkey or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would do. <laughs> or Monkey Balls and Dude. Something like that. That would do. Yeah. Um, and um, no will be played by Adam Sandler. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that was episode one five four, and I really hope you've enjoyed it because I really enjoyed making it. Yeah, it was that was a good. But I think it's a good show. Good uh, Ian, show. what are we covering next week? Um, well, I'm gonna be watching both Hardcore Henry and Midnight Special, Ooh. so Ooh. either or both. Both. Sweet. Fuck. Let's do both. You're watching both. I'm happy to watch both. Yep. Yes, uh, so yeah, so Hardcore Henry and um, and uh, Midnight Special. I'm looking forward to both of those for entirely different reasons. Uh, yeah, that was episode 154. Um, fingers crossed, excuse me, by the time they come out to listen to this, the website will be up and running and uh, maybe even be some content on it from ourselves. Um, so um, check out DudeTheMonkey.com, uh, at DudeTheMonkey, at Ian Loring, at DudeForce, at gmail.com. Um, send us questions, feedback, anything like that. We always like to hear it, and we really do hope you've enjoyed listening.